One of the predictable qualities of a sociopath is one that seeks conflict and thrives on division with others. But for most people, our basic instinct, instinct is to seek peace and just to get along. So why then does the Prince of Peace say today in this gospel reading that I have come not to establish peace, but division? We might say that these words are a prediction or a prophecy rather than an expression of his desire. Jesus foretells that he will inevitably spark division because the gospel confronts us with questions that demand straight answers. Do I desire eternal life? Do I desire freedom from sin and evil? Do I desire mercy and forgiveness? Yes or no? And for us here who outwardly profess Catholic faith, then the question becomes, do I live every moment according to this hope of eternal life, of redemption and mercy? Yes or no? On a deeper level, everybody desires these things since they're written into our hearts. So why is it a cause of division? Why do people so vehemently reject this invitation by the Prince of Peace? And the answer in one word is sin, because sin separates us from God and sin leads to more sin. And we're all born with original sin and that concupiscence that's always trying to pull us away from God. And so if that concupiscence is left unchecked, it just becomes more and more ingrained into our lives and identity. And then the more sin forms our personal identity, the more we form our life around that, the harder it is to break free from that. The more painful it's going to be to put away that identity that's been built up around lies, sins, and falsehoods. But most people who live contrary to the gospel, I would venture to say, have never been personally confronted with these fundamental questions. And herein lies the essence of evangelization, posing these hard questions and showing that one cannot remain neutral. And when we confront others with these questions, it's not to say that we should be confrontational uh, or uh, not sensitive or uh, self-aware, and we should certainly try to relate to others and be charitable, but there has to be a sense of boldness and urgency to seeking answers to these questions. Pope Paul VI, in his 
famous episodic exhortation in 1975 about evangelization talks about this very thing. And he mentions that the foundation of evangelization, of course, is authenticity and integrity in the individual and bearing witness to the faith by one's own holy manner of life. However, he says, as essential and foundational as that is, living a good life alone is insufficient for evangelization. Because, he says, even the finest witness will prove ineffective in the long run if it is not explained, justified, and made explicit by a clear and unequivocal proclamation of the Lord Jesus. The good news, Paul VI continues, proclaimed by the witness of life sooner or later has to be proclaimed by the word of life. There is no true evangelization if the name, the teaching, the life, the promises, the kingdom, and the mystery of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, are not proclaimed. And we're all called to this by the very fact of our baptism and confirmation. So this should not be a source of anxiety for anyone it's not like your task is to go home and anxiously formulate a list of everybody that you're going to proclaim the Lord Jesus to and figure out a script of what you're going to say. No. It's all about being open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. If we are, then that proclamation should happen. And our 2,000 years of spirituality, of tradition and writings of mystics and saints tells us very clearly that there are concrete measures that we all have to take each day to be open to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. And I would summarize them in five daily practices. Remaining in a state of grace and avoiding all near occasion of sin, clinging to the sacraments devout reception of Holy Communion and regular confession, daily prayer, and daily practice of penance and mortification. Those are the keys to any growth in the spiritual life and openness to the supernatural promptings of the Holy Spirit. Those last two that I mentioned tend to be the more neglected in conversation penance, and mortification. But the tradition is clear that we all have to take it upon ourselves to offer sacrifices daily for the healing of the effects of sin in our lives and in the lives of others. That's penance. And mortification, every day we have to deny ourselves of pleasurable and good things for the sake of a greater good, to attach our souls to divine realities. If you do these things, the Holy Spirit will set your hearts on fire and burn with divine love for those around you. And if you live with an awareness that those who do not know Christ are lacking in interior freedom, are suffering for it, 
and that their eternal salvation is at stake, the Holy Spirit will give you plenty of opportunities to proclaim the Lord Jesus, all according to your own unique personality and life circumstances. At times, you will face rejection. And even if you act with perfect charity, you will at times elicit conflict and division because not everybody is willing to hear that they need a savior. But if your hearts are burning with Christ's love, then he will also free you from all fears of rejection and conflict. You will help the Lord Jesus set the world on fire. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.